I'm Rob. I'm E. I'm Hooks Arthur. Welcome to the next movement. Let's get it. Let's get straight into it. We made the best out of bad situations Stay out the way of smiles painted on these mass faces Clones in a system like the agents The cold don't stop like the Matrix Acorn planner had a spotlight Draymond Black walk out and scratch in a mosh pit Crayons what you writing your rhymes with Faylong kick a nigga for popping shit My T.I. hat sideways partner Rock your box off with a Loch Ness monster in the water Fix your posture Let's take it ugly like Baraka Slick talker like the Skywalker The real would never falter Too many X-Pills got your minds I'm gliding through like a flying saucer The god is saucy, these guys are salty This life is costly, tell your wives Get off me, they're all for me The category different, with the cape on Like a matador he's entered Rendered a bull's equilibrium uncentered Bucket hat on like we going fishing Niggas chopped up stories, it's pulp fiction Psychedelic visions Folks, thanks for joining us, uh, we're glad to have you Looking forward to talking to you about the new project And a bunch of other stuff, including Doom Can't wait to talk about Doom but let's dig in. Uh, let's dig into your work first. You ended 2020 with second full-length project, Waveform Fluid. Uh, you released your first full-length in 2019, right? Uh, what you may know. Yes. So, how long have you been at this? When did you first start to pursue rhyming and production? I started dabbling in it probably around like 15, 16. But um, like I started really rapping at like 16. I dabbled in a little bit before that, but. The rapping started around 16 and the production started a little bit after that because I just don't really like to be going around begging people for shit. You know what I mean? So I just kind of did it myself and then got good at it. So I've been doing it pretty equally. So how old are you now? It's been a, that's that's a long time, right? Condi, I'm 24 now. I turned okay. 25 this year. OK, OK. So about 10 years or so, a little less. So uh, as I said, you, you ended the year last year with uh, the new project, Waveform Fluent. And for this project, it, you've, it was produced by Influence, right? Like fully produced by Influence? Yes, yes, indeed. So how did that come about? Can you talk about that collaboration? It's actually kind of a funny story. Um, so it, it kind of, like me and his relationship kind of began a little bit before I put out What You Know Me. I had heard about him through some mutual like people of mine, like uh, Snotty. I don't know if you're familiar with the Umbrella Camp. Yeah. Um, I know he, he has some work with them and we have followed each other on Instagram and he had messaged me one day and he was just like, um, he wanted to work. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's work. But for some reason he messaged me talking about splitting the profit 70, 30. And I was just like, you know, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like respectfully, <laughs> like I'll, I'll pass on that. Cause I don't, I don't really like doing too much work. I don't want to do a whole project under a producer that was my mindset at the time i was like i'd rather just do most of my own production anyway and then the day what you know may drop he was just like yo we gotta work we gotta work and then he would he instantly he wanted to renegotiate so we came to the right terms and then we ended up working and then that's kind of how that how that ended up working from there and since then we pretty much talk at least like twice a week you know what i mean and build on build on what we're gonna do and throughout the whole process we just kind of communicated sent me like 30 40 beats and then I just kind of picked through, you know what I mean? I would sit on live and he would just play through stuff. And I was like, this sounds good. This is good. Hmm. You know what I mean? And we'll just pick, pick, put together the pieces. When someone else is producing your work, is it hard for you to sort of give up control and listen to the other voice in the room? Honestly, I think that's, I don't want to say it's necessarily giving up the control because I have a certain, I have a particular like 
sound that I try to go for. Mm-hmm. And if I'm if I'm trying to work with you, then I, I have an understanding that I, I should trust what you're doing, which is part of the reason why I don't go out my way to work with other people like that. So when I do, it's kind of like more so, you know what? Yeah, I, I could say it's, it's the control only because I know for myself, if I'm doing everything myself, I know I can get it done the way I need to get it done. Mm-hmm. So kind of relying on somebody else is just like, I have to kind of put that trust in that would take a lot more energy than me just doing it myself. You know what I mean? The whole rapping yeah. aspect of it is not, it's not difficult, but just knowing that I can do it myself just makes my job a lot less stressful and more entertaining for me. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's hard to do that in everyday life, you know, just yeah. putting your faith in someone else to get, get your shit done because you want it to, you know how you want it to sound, you know how you want it to end up. So I would imagine that could be difficult at times. Because it's, it's in essence why I started making music anyway, because well, started the production side of it because obviously, like I said, I don't want to just keep asking people for beats. I'm not trying to be going paying for every single song. Or So my, my mindset was, let me do it myself. And then once I got to the point where I got profic- proficient at it, like um, I pretty much tested myself with my first project, was, which was um, Few Words, which it was seven tracks. I produced everything myself. And once I got to that point, it was just like, now I know I can do it myself. So it just became more of like, now I could do the greatest music period because I know that I have the control over doing it myself. You know what I mean? And it's, it's kind of selfish in a way, I guess you could say, but at, at the same time, it's just more so like I'm an artist. You know what I mean? I don't want to just be considered just a rapper. I don't want to just be considered a producer. Like I'm just, I'm an artist. You know what I mean? I do everything. I even did a lot of the cover art for what you know me. Mm, okay. Well, and I imagine it's also rewarding too. Exactly. Exactly. And then in this day and age, it's kind of difficult to be recognized doing both because it's almost like no matter how much you produce your own work, some people like will just randomly come across you making something or see your gear and they'd be like, oh, you make beats? And then I'll, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's kind of what I've been promoting also. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. a constant way of trying to prove yourself. So this was kind of like another way of me having to try to motivate myself because it almost just feels like it's going to take away from people knowing that I produce music too. Mm-hmm. So... I try to go in a totally different direction with how I, I rapped on this project for them to kind of keep myself motivated, especially because influence is dope. You know what I mean? So it, that's he also helped me kind of stay motivated with it. Yeah, the sound on this new record, this new album, I think is pretty different than your debut. Was, was that intentional? Were you like looking to, to change it up? Um, most definitely. Because with what you know, May, I tried to go for it's a it's several different subjects that kind of tie in which is why i named it what you know may because like i, I it's kind of like a playoff of what you know may uh hurt you what you know may kill you what you know may even benefit you you know what i mean it's me just adding just completely different subjects in it that still tie into each other you know what i mean and just different like easter eggs that you could catch the more you listen to it and with this album it was more so like okay since i'm not producing on it and i'm trying to figure out how can I make this sound different and not just be like, okay, he took a step down since he's not doing his own beats. It's more so like, let me try to almost just flex my pen more. You know what I mean? Because even though my subject matter was deeper on what you know me, my play on words, my words, my rhyme structuring, like I really wanted to get super in depth with how I put it together on this album. So it's just like, 
I just wanted to just almost go over the top, but not to the point where it's undigestible. I found myself really getting lost in the sound to the point where I was like yelling at myself because I wanted to pay attention to what you were saying because I think you're a gifted lyricist. So, but I, just listening to it, it's like nothing I've ever heard before. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And and that's that's the gift that influence kind of has because the thing about him that, that made me kind of just say, okay, we didn't really get off on the right foot, but I could, I could respect him because he's persistent and he has like, he's super talented, you know what I mean? And he has, he has this sound that, like a lot of producers kind of go with a particular sound nowadays. Like people always like to say how trap is all sounds the same and this everybody's mumble rapping and all that other stuff. But a lot of it, a lot of that like similarities and, and copy and range true on this side of hip hop too. So when you come across somebody that is doing something different and it catches it catches your eye, something to to just respect. So sometimes you kind of gotta give it that chance. So when I was getting stuff sent to me, the first couple of beats he sent me was just magnificent you know what I mean so it just it just got my pen moving for a while and even within like the bumps of, in, in a role that I've had in the past like couple months working on the project it just kept me working and I'm huge on on kind of having the sound where no matter whether you're listening to the rhymes or you're listening to the production something is going to capture you you know what I mean and I want it to be where you might not have to listen to what I'm saying on one time listening to it. You could just listen to the production or you could just listen to my rhymes and then you, you'll you hear the beats in the background. It's, it's meant to be like the rhymes are an extension of the production. You know, what, you know what I mean? So I like everything to meet in the middle. And he did really well at doing that and understanding my style and vice versa. Uh, you mentioned earlier, like wanting to be thought of or seen as an artist, not just a producer or a rapper. I see a heavy influence on art in this new project from the cover design and and I want to ask you about I want to ask you the story behind that but also you like you reference art several times in your lyrics was that like a obviously that was a theme that you were trying to bring out in this project right so even with the title waveform fluent I tried to make everything kind of match as one because the um the cover art itself was hand painted by uh, an artist named he goes by Sasha and that's actually one of influences um close peoples that um, he's been working closely with for a while. And when he actually sent me the artwork way before I had the name of the album. So when we were coming up with the name, like I spent a long time just listening to my album because I actually didn't listen to any of the album while I was working on it. It was kind of like, it was kind of a weird process. I spent a lot of time just recording. I leave it on my laptop, record, record. And then once I got my first mix back, then I'm like, okay, let me listen to it. So when I did, I was going through names and for some reason waveform fluent just popped up in my head. And with that, it's more so like, like how do I explain? So it's it, it go it's a play on words, whereas okay, you have waveforms. Like when you're mixing something, it's waveforms of sound, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like I'm fluent with with sound, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you could be fluent with how just with the music in general, you could be fluent with just how you put the words together. You could be fluent with just the art in general. So it's just, it really is a huge play on just the art aspect of music as a whole, hmm. if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it's definitely. easy to say that everybody wants to be the best rapper. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to be the, be the best producer, but it's just about making things that affect people to me. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I really try to make good artwork and you could call it what you want. You know what I mean? But I like to make good artwork. I love the album cover. 
probably one of my favorite album covers of the year from last year. It reminded me of something I heard Black Thought say when he first started releasing the Streams of Thought projects or how he wanted to like elevate hip hop to to a higher art form and really emphasized like fine art on his covers. I heard you say the cover came together before you had a title. Was the cover like commissioned specifically for this project? This this painting that you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Um it's crazy because we were trying to just like we were trying to figure out a name for a long time, we were trying to figure out a cover art. And he reached out to Sideshow to do the cover art and I, he just was just so adamant on yo he he's gonna make something sick some psychedelic shit and this that and the third because we both always talk about making just we, just crazy psychedelic hip hop like we almost have the same mindset on the type of hip hop we try to make in terms of just some otherworldly type just trippy esque music you know what I mean so he just felt like the fluid art would be perfect and and even with it being fluid art it's, it even ties into the project even more so. It was literally made specifically for that. And the video that I posted um, with him doing the artwork, like that was made with the intention for this. I would encourage everyone to go find the video. It's a, it's incredible to watch. Yeah, it's dope. The album cover matches its sound, if, if that makes yeah. any sense. Absolutely. It makes, it makes 100% sense. That's the goal, you know what I mean? Like ev everything, has to, everything has to make sense with, with the art. That's why you don't see me put out three to five projects a year, which I mean, I will get more consistent with it as time goes by and when the time calls for it, but everything has to make sense. Like you can't just have a random album artwork with, with an album because if it, the artwork could be incredible, but if it don't match, it's still gonna take away from it. You know what I mean? And everything that, I, that I've ever put out, I tried to my best ability to make the artwork match the, the, um, the music. It's supposed to give a certain feel. Like that's, when, you, when you're looking at a painting, it gives you, it gives you a certain feel. When you're looking at a, a, a album artwork, that's just the cover of the like that's the cover of a book. You know what I mean? When you mm. when you get when you actually look at the book, then you're like, okay, this makes sense. You know what I mean? So it's all a part of this one piece. When did you become so, interested in art? Honestly, just through hip hop. Like I grew up on I grew up on music in general. Like my grandfather always was playing just old just soul and, and R and B from like the '70s and '80s. You know what I mean? So. And then I'd be in the car with my dad, he'd be bumping the wool heavy, you know what I mean? And my mom would be listening to gospel. And as I got a little bit older, oh, and like my great grandmother played the church organ, my, my uncle played the sax. So I've always been, it's always kind of been around me. So when I started it, it started making music, it was kind of easy to me. Like rhyming was never really that difficult for me. And I always looked at rapping as just as much of an art form is any other style of music, you know what I mean? And with everything surrounding it, it hasn't been respected the same way other genres have, and who knows if it ever will to the same extent, but that's why I feel like, that's what I feel like one of my goals are, is to have it be respected just as much as any other genre, you know what I mean? Because it's so many nuances to be able to make a good hip hop album, and it's just, People don't really realize it, especially when it comes to things like sampling. People think that is there's no talent in it. People mm. think that just rhyming a couple words, there's no talent in it. But like I dare anybody who who sings or plays of plays a guitar or something like that to try to put together a 16 better than I am. You know what I mean? I, I doubt it. Did you also grow up really interested in the visual aspect of music? That all began actually listening to Doom. 
So think about one of the things about Doom, like we're gonna we're definitely gonna get more into it, but when it comes to like Doom, one of the things that really gravitated they really gravitated towards like what I think about the music genre is the fact that there's really nothing flashy about it. There's nothing there's nothing uh like it's larger than life, but still being real in a way, you know what I mean? So I look at it like when, when you have the videos of him with the mask on and just his voice and just even like the thing is I got into doing watching the boondocks when I was a little kid, you know what I mean? So when you when you're looking at just the fights going on with uh what's the what's the dude with the afro's name when he fought Huey? Um Bushido Brown. And when when you look at when you look at that fight and you just you hear you hear uh what was it, Rave that was playing? I think it was Rave that was playing in the background, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you just look at the art style of the boondocks and you listen to the music, then you go and you watch the music videos, you watch all caps. You know what I mean? And you just watch everything encompassing the music. It really has you thinking that everything plays a part in the music. When you look at Mad Villainy, you look at the cover art, you look at Mm Food. It's just, he's one of the people that I always looked at is everything is important when it comes to the sonic aspect of it, which means the visual aspect of it is just as important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was curious. I was just curious because as a kid, I grew up, watching music videos and that was something that really attracted me to music i mean that was very much a part of the experience and you sound like you i mean music was a huge part of your life definitely even like when i was little and i used to watch like the the old missy elliott videos and the busta rhymes videos and when i was really little Buster Rhymes used to have the trippiest videos and I used to be scared yes. when I used to see him in the, <laughs> in the crazy ass costumes looking at the screen and shit. <laughs> oh man. I remember my mom used to tell me I used to hide behind the couch and all that shit when he was in there. <laughs> Yo. But yeah, when you look at all of the visual aspects of just the early 2000s and the late 90s, how weird the videos were, it's just, there's so much little shit that doesn't really get as appreciated as I guess you could say the obvious, for lack of a better term, what's popular or whatever the case may be. Like, I still go out my way to watch the old Wu-Tang videos, like Incarcerated Scarfaces. I love, like, I love Only Built for Cuban Links. I love Supreme Clientele, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I love everything encompassing music and the visual aspect of it is just as important as the the sonic aspect of it. But more important, I think, is the kind of feeling that he wants to convey with the painting. They, they give, give the sense of a kind of secluded and private realm of pleasure. He seems to be trying to create yeah. a kind of art. You gon' need more than Benadryl It's like work with the quill Something sharp from out the cold reveal He dumbin' out Ain't never been good with the runaround Ironic, I'll shake it hot when the summer's out Walk money down, we small change Flying on a paper plane I stake my claim on my dog's reign I preach the gospel, but the songs are strange Showing respect could go a long way Speeding like Jake and Elwood in a car chase But I'm suited up like I'm Scarface The king snatched, the queen call you ace Joke is jacked, they all great Get your thoughts straight, dodging Jake's too late if they saw your face Bras is fake, tempting Temptations of thotties with Keiko on shake, box off with an orthodox hot talker, curvy ego. They look at hooks like he got the cheat code. It's cold in the East Coast, peak the steelo. And the mountains just froze three below. Let you know what you need to know, but you might not believe it though. There's no else but a means to grow. But we handing out free smoke, nigga. So speaking of visuals, I wanted to ask about your music videos. How much are you involved with the artistic direction? I, I think with the exception of maybe one video because I've, I've only had I've had like four music videos so far and about two of those videos I've sat through the editing 
process of it and then one like i was getting tons of drafts sent back and forth and nitpicking then i got a video coming out hopefully within like the next week or two i don't want to give a precise date on that i've been sitting through the editing process of that also you know what i mean so mm-hmm. I, I like to sit through the whole thing I, my yeah i need creative control as much as possible you know what i mean not to say like i need to take over everything but if there's any way i can get my input on my work that's i need to be doing that well yeah i think it's they're it's very much a part of the whole piece. So you want to make right. sure all the pieces work. Right, right. Most definitely. Has that like slowed down the process for you this past year, though? It's been a chaotic year and been a lot of hurdles, of course. Oof. Yeah, man. Um, It's been a weird year, um, 2020, because I put out What You Know May in, on 12, on December 12th, 20, 2019. When that happened, I had interviews lined up. I had shows lined up. I probably had the largest string of shows lined up that, that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the Bandcamp article lined up because I did the interview through them. Um, I had this joint course, uh, this, this gig called Spitting in the Whip that I was supposed to do. And the day I was supposed to go down to do the Spitting in the Whip thing, New York City shut down. So that was done. There was no shows. Everything that I was supposed to do in terms of just showing up to things was canceled. And one of the few things that kind of helped me were like the articles that wrote that wrote about me, like the OK Player articles. I got two of them in, within the like maybe like a two week two week span. I got the Bandcamp front page article that really helped me out, um, and then just a bunch of just radio shows. DJ Wonder helped me helped me out a lot. Like he played my, uh, my I Control Everything song several different times on the radio because um, one of my last shows I had rock in Brooklyn. And he was rocking that same night. He was DJing, so that that helped me. But it's been it was it's been difficult. And then working on this album, between trying to find the motivation to keep doing this with everything going on in the world, having to trust the fact that I have to put my like the production in the hands of somebody else. I had lost one of my closest friends. Mm. It it was just a really really tough year. But you know, like you live and you learn, and you just gotta. There's only only way to move is forward. So. I was going to ask if this year, just everything that happened delayed Waveform Fluent, like in, in terms of when it came out. In a way, yes, because be, because of everything that's been going on, everybody's kind of had to go through an adjustment period. Everybody's still kind of going through an adjustment period. With everything going on with the whole quarantine and, and all of that stuff, and then when I, like, especially when I lost my close friend, I didn't really... I almost kind of didn't want to do the project for a while. Like I kind of mm-hmm. just sat back. Like I'm, I might have to hold back on it. I had a um, close talk with um, with my mentor, which he works closely with me on everything. He goes by Zesto Q. That's actually my um, my engineer. He kind of was one of the key points in keeping me motivated doing this. And he's also the um, the founder of Stolen Sound System. He kind of kept me going doing the project. A couple close friends of mine, like my girlfriend. Uh, my cousin, you know what I mean? Certain people kind of kept me sane going through this process, you know what I mean? And then by the time I got to a certain point when it was done, then it was just trying to figure out all of the little things after that because you can't just come out with a project and not have anything to back it, you know what I mean? So it's just a bunch of little things that go outside of the music for the music. And I imagine under normal circumstances, you know, when you have an album come out, you're lining up live performances or even, you know, live interviews, you know, right after that. And so exactly. you know, what does what it even look like now? Exactly. And that's kind of, it's kind of the, the, the problem right now is 
trying to adjust. It's it's almost like doing a full one eighty on just how you promote things. Because before all of this, you wanna you wanna go places to show face. You wanna do shows. You wanna do like you wanna just go places to network, meet and greets, all of this other stuff. But nowadays, it's like you gotta go heavy with the videos. You gotta go heavy with just the social media promotion. You know what I mean? Um, if you could do um close like freestyle sessions you know what i mean like you can do private shows which i have plans for things like that but you just have to get way more creative with with the promotion but anybody who wants to be great at anything has to be able to adapt with the time so i try not to complain about it too much we've all had to adapt it's been quite the adjustment yeah this is the time right now where nobody can really complain because everybody's going through it Let's get these vaccines rolled out. Come on. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting to see what happens with with the with a large bulk of people before I go out my way to try to get that. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not gonna do it, but I'm gonna let everybody else be the guinea pigs for that first. And then if everything is good, then I'll take it. Mm-hmm. You'll have time. I, I don't yeah. think it'll be available to us anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be a while. I wanted to ask about Zesto Q um, and how you first met him because I I did notice that he he's done a lot of your projects, Matt, mix and mastered a lot of your projects. Yeah, man, that could be almost a whole interview dedicated to that. <laughs> um, damn, man, it, it's, it's crazy. I want to start off just by saying that I probably wouldn't be at this point that I'm at now without him. He's played such a key point in what I'm what I'm doing and what I've been doing. Um, so. To make a long story short, I met him at a gas station and in passing, he had like a, and he, he knows this story. I said, I talk about it all the time. He had this polo sport windbreaker on and I'm just walking past him, walking to my car. I'm like, yo, I, I, I like that jacket. He's like, yo, thanks, man. And he, he, he talks fast. You know what I mean? He's just like, yeah, I make music. This, that, and the third, da, da, da. check me out, check out my Instagram. So I followed him and, um, you know, everybody talk about they make music, you know what I mean, at, at all ages. So you don't think much of it. So I just so happened to catch him on YouTube doing um, a tutorial f- for some for some doll. I forgot which one it was. And then I managed to see him maybe like a month or so after the fact at a um, at a hot dog spot downtown. And I was just like, yo, I met you at um, at the gas station and shit. He was like, oh, yeah. So then um, me and him just got to talking and then. We, we went outside and I just I just kicked like a 16 to him j- just because we were just chopping it up. And he was like, yo, is, that's dope, man. That's dope. He was just like, come to my place and um, we'll build and all of that stuff. So it became like at first it was kind of like a working relationship. Me and him got up the first time we we met up. It was supposed to be I was going to record, but we ended up just talking the whole time. Then the second time I met up with him, it was just like he was talking again. And then it was just like, yo, I really believe in what you're doing um for this first project what he said i think he said well I- i'll do it for free then after that well i, I-, I only do it for like 15 what is that 15 dollars an hour something something light like that and it was like all right cool but then we became so close just for me pulling up and just talking that it just became like we just became a team after that you know what i mean and we've been through our ups and downs I- we spent so much time with each other that it's just it's natural you know what i mean he's become like like family to me pretty much so working on um few words took me like two and a half years um, he actually motivated me to produce that. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't produce that either. And um, after that, it just kind of kicked off from there. Like, it went from the two and a half years working on that. I met him when I was, like, 17, when I was really getting my hand in the production. And then um, we just got up with each other very frequently for years. And we 
worked out of a studio that we was all paying rent at in, in, in our town and all of that shit. And we had shows there. That's how I got what you know made done in that studio. And he's been my engineer, he's been my mentor, he's taught me many techniques on just mixing and mastering. I actually did a lot of the mastering for this album and the mixing too. A lot of stuff on the production, kind of being a a voice of reason for like what I need to be doing technique wise. He has a lot of connections within like different groups that's helped me a lot with shows and meeting new people. And I can't say enough about him, you know what I mean? Like I have so much respect for him. I, I've learned more from him than damn near anybody else I know, period. You know what I mean? I read an interview that he did and He's he's older than you, and it sounds like you all have been able to learn a lot from each other, being from different generations. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you because I mean, I guess you learn from anybody, you know what I mean. Otherwise, you wouldn't be around them. So, I mean, I guess yeah, we definitely have learned from each other. But for how much he's given to me, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, I really can't say enough. And he's really guided me in a lot of ways throughout all of this shit. And I've been trying my best to keep pushing his brand forward, well, not our brand, with, with the Stolen Sound System brand that he's founded and trying to help take it to another level. And obviously, he, like, he has his life situations going on, and I've been playing the forefront in a lot of the Stolen Sound System movements, you know what I mean? And whether he can add in his his two cents, that's what it is. So we just kind of keep each other just kind of moving, you know what I mean? I love that story. I mean, can you imagine if you had not complimented, if you hadn't talked to him about his jacket? Yo, I, I think about that all the time because like, granted, like I was, I was trying my hand at making beats um, for a while before, but it, it didn't become anything super serious up until I started meeting up with him frequently because I was mostly just writing. And then every now and then I would just try to put a beat together and I was using like some old laptop, some old gateway laptop. And then every now and then I was garage band on the, on the iPad too. You know, everybody uses the iPad to make beats now who might have an iPad or phone. I was on a second generation iPad making beats. Does Gateway even make computers still? Are Shit, they still? I don't even. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I stay far away from that because <laughs> it, it was good for its time and it helped me out. But I, I remember a lot of crashes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a lot of crashes. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in forever. I, I forgot about Gateway. <laughs> I did Yeah, too. man. Shit. Yeah, that's funny thinking about that now. <laughs> and then I got my first MacBook Pro couple, like a while later and I just changed my my production life. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. How do them hold heat and preach non-violence? He about to start speech, come on, silence. On one scary night, I saw the light. Heard a voice that sound like Barry White, said, sure you're right. Don't let me find out who tried to bite. They better off going to fly a kite in a firefight during tornado time with no coat than I caught ya. Wrote the book on rhymes, a note from the author. With no headshot, he said it's been a while. Got a breadwinner style to get an inner child up in a smile. And that's no exaggeration. The doctor told a patient, it's all in your imagination, Negro. Ah, what do he know about the buttery flow? He need to cut the ego, tripping. To date the metal fellow, been ripping flow since New York plates was ghetto yellow with broke blue writing. This is too exciting. Folks leave out the show feeling truly enlightened. They say the villain been spitting enough lightning. The rock shock the boogie down the bright. I then. All right, let's let's uh let's get back to Doom. All right, so. On the next movement, every episode, we try to pick one album to spend some time with, one classic, if you will, influential album. When we have guests, we ask the guests, pick an album, and we try to turn the guests into a fan. 
and talk about the record. It just so happened that when we reached out to you at the end of the year, you you very quickly like came back and said, Mad Villainy. I, yeah. want, I want to talk about Mad Villainy. And then, That's of course, shit. like a few days later, like the rest of the world, like we're shocked to hear that uh, Doom had passed. So it's oh. it's really a coincidence that we find ourselves like at this time talking about Doom and Mad Villain, but I'm so glad that we are. Yeah, I, I know there's probably a lot that we could say about Doom, but I want to start just by asking you about, uh, I mean, you talked a little bit earlier about his influence as far as visuals, but tell us a bit more about how like, doom or, or mad villainy has influenced you it's a lot man um for one i think that doom in general but just mad villainy especially because that's my favorite hip-hop album of all time like the biggest thing about that album is that it shows and then once again i want to reiterate doom too is just that this like him and then this body of work has shown that it's cool to be yourself i know it sounds kind of corny but like everybody has um Everybody obviously has influences, but there's some people who take pride in having direct influences. I don't want to have a direct, I don't want to sound like anybody, you know what I mean? And Doom is the artist that shows that you should want to sound like yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I almost get offended when somebody tells me that my my music sounds like something else or it resembles this artist. Like I like I'll I'll thank you. I'll appreciate it because I, I understand a lot of ways it's a compliment to some people, but I almost get offended by that because it's just like when I listen to people like Doom, he doesn't sound like anybody on this planet. And I don't think that anybody can sound like him even if they try. Hmm. So e even if I might get something like a Doom influence, Doom is my favorite MC. I don't want to hear I sound like him because he doesn't sound like nobody. And because of listening to people like him, I don't want to sound like nobody. And he he's just the biggest example of being original in the strongest sense. Yeah, no doubt. Even down to his look. You Even know? down to his look. Yeah. He, he was motivated to do that because he thought that hip hop was going in a direction where looks mattered more than sound. I mean, I think about right. when Doom came out. You know, hip hop was so flashy then. So for him to be this artist that wore this mask, we didn't know who he was. You know, it was, I think that spoke to a lot of his motivation to be, you know, free to create what he wanted to, to be, you know? And I think that right. a lot of people were influenced by that. Right, like, it's almost like everything from his image to his stylistic choices to like, just his, when people say his off-kilter style, where it's like he he might end a line where he might end a um a bar where most people lines will begin. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like almost everything he does encompasses what people think is probably wrong about hip hop, but it's what essentially is right about hip hop because it's about to me hip hop is about just self expression and self expression is self. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. not expressing somebody else's work or what you think sounds good. It's like you're supposed to express your own voice do you remember discovering mad villainy yeah um one of, one of my first encounters with that was watching the boondocks and then um i think that everybody around my age who heard who heard of the boondocks and listened to any of the songs that he was on on any episode was probably like damn what song is this mm -hmm. from uh fancy clown or or raid and then you just you just come across it one day and then you're like holy shit this is him but the thing is, when I came across it, I thought it was dope, but there was very particular songs that I would go to. 
And I wasn't necessarily a huge, huge fan of them, even though I, I loved I, like select songs from him. As I got a little bit older, I started to go back to his music. And the more I went back to it, the more I, it just kind of blew my mind. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, it's for this, it's almost like when people hear Doom, who's not really willing to understand something that they might not be used to, they might think like this guy's off beat or this guy's voice is, is weird or mm -hmm. it's just something about it that people just don't like. But when you come to understand who he is and, and what he does and why he does it, even try, because nobody's really going to fully understand what he does. Then it's like the more you listen to it, the more you catch things where it's like mm -hmm. this is actually incredible and one and one of a kind. Like he's one of the few people that I could say make has made one of a kind albums you know what i mean because there's a lot of innovative albums out there but even with some of the innovative albums i don't really i can't really say they're one of a kind you know what i mean i pay a lot of attention to, to how people to just the nuances of rap you know what i mean and my opinion on certain things people would hate me you know what i'm saying so <laughs> when it comes to doom like i got all the respect in the world for what he does do you remember what those early songs were the ones that you that like caught you all caps so it, it's all caps but then when you listen to Mad Villainy, it's the last three songs. So it goes from All Caps, um, Great Day, and Ron, and Rhinestone Cowboy, excuse me. Those three songs, like, that is the most incredible string of songs I have ever heard in my life. Those three songs was just the illest shit to me. And then um, Figaro, just how he put it, how he put the words together in Figaro just makes no sense. <laughs> and Curls, too. Shit, every song it changes for me. It changes for me. But the but the, but the last three, the last three are the is the craziest to me. So nasty that it's probably somewhat of a travesty having me. Then he told the people you can call me your majesty. Keep your battery charged. He know it won't stick, yo. And it's not his fault to kick slow. Shoulda let your trick hold, chick hold your sick glow. Plus nobody couldn't do nothing once he let the brick go. And you know I know that's a bunch of snow. The beat is so butter. Peep the slow cutter as he utter the calm flow. Don't talk about my mom, yo. Sometimes he rhyme quick, sometimes he rhyme slow or vice versa. Whip up a slice of nice verse pie. Hit it on the first try, villain. The worst guy. Spot hot tracks like spot a pair of fat asses. Shots to the scotch from out the square shot glasses and he won't stop till he got the masses and show them what they know not through flows of hot molasses do it like the robot to head spin to boogaloo took a few minutes to convince the average boogaloo it's ugly like look at you it's a damn shame just remember all caps when you spell the man name i was thinking about what you were saying earlier when we were talking about the visuals and like what felt like a real strong attention to detail like not just in his writing or his rhyming but in the looks and the visuals but it's always struck me how like s the simple approach that he took like uh what are we gonna call this record it's mad lib and the vaudeville villain so mad villain it's so simple danger doom you know it's so right it's so simple right. and yet so complex at the same time it's one of the things i always appreciated about him it's crazy because there's a lot of times you might see somebody go with like some type of idea, whether it's a, a metaphor or a, a name for force for an album or song, and be like, you you could have you could have thought you could have thought that out better than that. But then in a lot of ways, less is more. 
So it, it all depends on how you do it. And he's one of the best examples of that. And even when you look at, um, this is a little bit off topic, when you look at like Rock Marcy, when you look at his rhyme scheme where it's really condensed yeah. rhymes where, where he chooses to rhyme his words at, it's just almost like a less is more kind of style. It's like, it, it's complexities in it, but it still has a kind of, like it's not so over the top. Like like you said, it's two names put together, but it's but he knows that it sounds ill. So it, it's just a weird just uh, balance of simplicity and creativity. For me, the titles were always like connected to the mask. For me, it was like I don't care what it's called. This shit is dope, and anybody that yeah. listens to it is gonna know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with like the um the danger doom, because it's like when when you look at it. At, at first glance, when you look at the cover art, you look at the name, you look at kind of what it's associated with, with Adult Swim, it might kind of almost deter you away from it because it's, it's like, this sounds kind of like silly because it's like, right. this is for a cartoon and it got a mouse on it, but it's crazy when you actually look at it because it's funny, but it has a lot of serious elements to it. And then when you just look at the technical skill of it, like Crosshairs is one of my other favorite Doom's joints because it's just a technical skill that involves making that song it's just that you could be as simple as you want as long as it's still something that because you could be simple and it could still be something that nobody thought of you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just a way you go about it the way you go about things i don't think that i'm necessarily super over the head with what i say but i think that there's a, there's enough layers to it to where you could always go back to it i think one of the things i really appreciated about doom over the years is the art that he inspired I mean, yeah. you know, even, um, you know, the day that his passing was announced, you just see all the art on people's timelines, like not just pictures of him, but like art that people, you know, painted or drew. I mean, it's pretty incredible. And I think that image, that mask, it, it got to the point where even if you had never heard one Doom song, one Doom project, you knew who he was. Right. That's a fact. And Doom is one of... I don't want to say he's the, but he's one of the last true influencers in hip hop. Because obviously you got the 90s, you got the Nas's, you got the Bigs, you got the Wu, you got all of these different groups. Then obviously the, the, the early 2000s is, is kind of a weird time because even though so much more innovative shit, there's so much so much filler in between it that a lot of the the influence, the influential stuff doesn't really get looked at when you look at the LPs, the A$AP Rocks and all that other stuff. But Doom is one of the last that truly influenced the generation after that, like the Joey Badasses, the the Earl Sweatshirt with, with OF. And mm-hmm. even like when you look at the West Side Guns, West Side Gun is very vocal on the fact that Doom influenced them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, you don't really ha- have too many more of those. Like, and a lot of people who are influenced by Doom have become people that has been super respected, like the West Side Guns and Earls. Like, so it's it's crazy, and then obviously you got like the Rock Marcy's, who's huge, and everybody is becoming influenced by him now. But it's just getting to a point where now you're getting other artists now that's starting to become at least almost as influential as somebody like a Doom. But just his whole character as a whole is something that is always gonna reign within just in, in its own category. I, I would argue he's a pioneer that created a movement. I mean, think about when he came out. You know, it was hard yeah. to go against the grain then, but he yeah. did. And and look at the influence that he inspired. Right. And and that's and that's the thing. That's that's my that's one of my biggest goals is to go against the grain because of the fact that he always was the person that always I always looked at like he made what he wanted to make and what he wanted to listen to. 
And that's that's the way I approach it. And it's like, if everybody else likes it, then I'm happy. If not, then cool. You know what I mean? And there's still a bunch of people who listen to Doom and who's influenced by Doom that try to chase this dragon. And a lot of them go about it by trying to emulate him or people that were influenced by Doom or people try to do something different who are influential. You know what I mean? At every level of this, Doom has been the person, to me, one of the people, like, and as this hip hop, hip hop thing as a whole, that's been the pioneer of being different. You know what I mean? And just going against everything that we look at as being, I guess, what would make somebody, I guess, great or make every or something acceptable in hip hop, if, if that makes sense. Like he's kind of went in his own direction and everybody is trying to find their direction because of people like Doom. I'm thinking about what you said about him being a pioneer. I mean, I think one of his legacies, you know, is blazing this trail uh, for independent artists. Like, do it your way. And there are no rules. And I, right. which he proved, I think, time and time again. And that's the biggest thing about, like, when I when I talk about just, you could call it hip-hop, because everything that, that we're doing and talking about right now is all hip-hop. It's, it's rooted in hip-hop. This is what, what, what I'm from. This is what I make. But it's everything. This is still art at the end of the day, and art is doing what you want to do. You know what I mean? It's not about doing what's popular or doing anything just for money. Is doing it because you love to do it. Man, he was the person doing it for him more so than anything. And I mean, he did it a lot to go against the uh, go against the social norms of what hip hop was starting to become. So art is doing you. And this is what we need to be doing in hip hop. You know what I mean? Whatever you might be doing. Like, if I don't respect what you're doing, if it's different, I, I, if I don't like what you're doing, if it's different, I, I still got to respect it. You know what I'm saying? And that's really what it's about. We got to just try to make our own pathways. And we got to look at people like him as those people to look at as a blueprint to find our own path. Mad Villainy is a personal favorite of mine. So I was uh, like really, really glad that you, you picked this record. Um, for me, I think this is probably the the project that like really drew my attention to Doom. Same. But but in retrospect, like it's the perfect marriage between Mad Lib and Doom. I feel like this album really, I mean, it blazed a trail uh, again in how how it's structured. I think you could argue Mad Villainy like set a precedent for track length. Like you can make a two minute track. You can only spit one verse which suited Mad Lib's style like perfectly. Mad Lib just has always been someone that like switches things up quickly, sound, right. sound changes rapidly, and Doom just fit in that perfectly. It's perfect marriage for me. Yo, you said a, you said a lot. Like it's crazy cuz I I referenced I reference this album all the time with exactly what you said in terms of just Doom made it cool to not have to use that structure of two verses, two hooks, you know what I mean? Or two verses, three hooks. And that goes back to and just doing you, you know what I mean? And, and Mad Lib is also the person where he doesn't conform. So mm -hmm. it's just the perfect combination. And yo, it, it's, it's so crazy. Like it, it's almost like me and my, me and one of my cousins always talks about it. It's almost like Doom and Mad Lib created one person you know what yeah. i mean like the mad villain is one person because it, it's like it comes together so well you don't even really think about the fact i mean obviously we know it's a doom project but you just look at it like this is the mad villain you know what i mean when you're actually into into that album it's just like this is 
this is really one person. And a lot a lot has to be said about Mad Lib and himself. You know what I mean? He's he's a, he's a goat himself. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm curious. Uh, did you listen to Mad Villainy too? The remixes? Were you were you into that? I did, but nothing's going to touch the original Mad Villainy to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, this is not the same. That that always felt to me to be more of a Mad Lib project. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I've listened to the original so much that I just I can't bring myself to like that as much. You know what I mean? Much I have so much respect for Mad Lib, but I just stick to the original. Yeah, it's hard to hear a, a different beat on all caps. Like, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> and even with the um, like I'm huge on on the um on production techniques and what people use. Like I'm big on gear. Like I have I keep a lot of gear. And um, he used most of he he made most of Mad Villainy on the SP three hundred three. And even when you look at the nature of what uh, um Boston Roland um gear has is is used within like music, it's so. It's it's a, just another component of just going outside of the box because a lot of that stuff is off grid music too. You know what I mean? Like um, if if he went, if he used like the resample method, then there's probably no particular tempo to it. You know what I mean? And if he did, then obviously that's something. If he used the um pattern sequence or something different, but that's just going into like the the more like nerdy shit. You know what I mean? But the SP three hundred three is definitely a much weirder way to make beats and. All of the SP series, you know what I mean? I got two 4-4s. I got the 4-4A and the OG 4-4, both with camouflage skins and black pads and shit like that. And I listen to the album every, like, then every day, like, damn, like, there's only so many albums that has come out using weird gear like this and minimal setups. You're making me consider, like, the story of Mad Villainy and, like, its, it's uh, creation, which is also an interesting story to me. Just, like, these two dudes, like, being in the same place, but as Mad Lib tells it, sort of being on a different schedule, like he yeah. he'd be making beats during the day and go to sleep, and then he'd wake up and Doom had laid uh, vocals down over top of them, and somehow it ended up in this this like perfect combo that we've been talking about. From what I understand, obviously it was made with the three hundred three, but a lot of this stuff was made with like records he had dug from um, when he was in Brazil or something like that, using like a portable um, record player. Yeah, and that's that's insane because that's one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. And most albums that are put up on that same plateau are made with multiple producers, multiple geared millions of dollars yeah. worth of just studio equipment. And that like Mad Lib and Doom, and especially with like Mad Lib with just how he produces, it just shows you all you need is your own head to be able to create greatness. <laughs> empty with no brain but the clever nerd the best mc with no chain you ever heard take it from the tech nine hola david don't know their next time from shinola everything that glitter ain't fish scale let me think don't let a faint get it smell a shot of jack got her back it's not an act stack forgot about the cackalac holler back clack clack blocker villainy Feel them in your heart, chakra, chart, topper, start, shit, stopper, be a smart shopper. Shot a cop day around the way, bout the stable, who the knows, two more that wonder where the shooter go. Bout the jet, get them, not a bet, get them. Let them spit the venom, set them, got a lot of shit with them, let the rhythm hit them. Doom as a producer is super underrated. He's actually like my top, maybe like my top five producers, if not like, mm. yeah, I would probably say he's my like in my top five, if not like my top 10 producers, you know what I mean? Because my top five is heavy. 
but like he's he's up there though because he actually uses uses a lot of like the similar techniques as uh, what Madlib used to use with the um the SP series. You know what I mean? Like he's on um on an interview talking about this the gear that he had used over time and like who got him into what. And like I think people don't put enough respect on his name on the producer side because didn't he produce most of um Doomsday? Yeah, I think he did. I produced a ton of shit. I mean, a, a number of projects for Grimm. Right. Uh, I mean, some of my favorite stuff is the stuff that Ghostface used on Fish Scale. Oh. Um, just, oh. just incredible. And and somehow the production is just as much doom as the rhyming is. Like I don't know how to even articulate that. It's just it makes sense that it's him. That's what it's about. Like, if you're doing both sides, it gotta it gotta all be you. You know what I mean? It all gotta sound like it's coming from you. I mean, you could always do something different, and it's it's about elevating and trying new things. But you can't just be incredible at one thing and then just doing something trying to emulate something else, or just yeah. being average at something else. Yeah. So it definitely makes sense. One of my favorite things about Doom is his wit. Like he was maybe for me oh. like one of the wittiest. MCs of all time and that somehow still comes through in his production I don't even I, I can't even claim to understand that but that's that's part of it for me is like even his beats feel like witty to me somehow yeah who, who produced um I, I hope I, I wonder if he produced uh remember TikTok off of um Doomsday mm -hmm. and where, where the tempo switches like every couple of seconds I think it was with him and Grimm I wonder if he produced that because that is like it's nothing like that. That song, it just makes absolutely no sense because it's just like your average person is not rhyming to that because the beat literally switches tempo every couple of bars. Yeah, he did. Crazy. He did. The moniker was Metal Fingers, but that's right. that's. But it was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He produced he goes everything. By so many names. Hands down, or hands of doom. My bad. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he goes by so many names. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the other like influence, right? Is all the different like uh, personas that Doom had. I mean, releasing albums under four different names, you could argue four different classics. It's yeah. incredible. Nobody was doing that. The only Doom moniker that I didn't like, what, what was it? The, uh, Vaud, Vaud Villain. I didn't like the second Vaud Villain at all. This, that's uh, the only... Second Victor Vaughn album? Was it the Victor was with him with like the black coat and um I think it's the Vaughn villain. Because the King the King uh Ghidra mm. joints is it's crazy. You didn't like the, the Victor Vaughn, the first Victor Vaughn album? I like the first one. The okay. first one was cool. It had yeah. like crazy highlights to it. But the second one was eh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, I think there were a lot of people who weren't uh, sold on that one. But he has many, many classics under his belt, like more to, more than like most people. Books, did you ever listen to the work you did with KMD? Yes, yes. It, it almost it almost sounds like um it's it's almost like attributed to like remember when um Spider Man came out and um Peter Parker was trying to get his suits right like he was in a wrestling match and he had like the, the little prototype suit to what like his real suit is supposed to be. <laughs> That's almost how I look at like his pre Doom joints you know what i mean like he's still it's still dope but he's still like it's not up until doom where he's just like that's that's the guy that is him yeah. right yeah got it it's a heavy like native tongues influence on kmd i feel like mm. i listen to it now it reminds me just the sound of it and like his voice his, his rhyme style reminds me a lot of de La. yeah yeah for sure for sure those there's a lot of stuff that kind of came out around that time that sound like de la soul like then they're, they're another group that 
obviously was as influential as they were, but they're also kind of a group that doesn't get as much talk as some other groups or just one single person. And Doom is one of the people that's kind of, even though Doom has gotten a lot of recognition, I feel like the past maybe like five to, maybe five to 10 years, he's kind of just getting his just due. And his passing has kind of shown how, that is the biggest showing of how much his impact was in hip hop. You know what I mean? Because everybody's always respected him, but you you don't really, it's crazy. Like people don't really respect you as much until, you, until you're gone or you retire or whatever the case. So right. it's like, you, you really know how big his impact was after his passing. I feel like he was someone that was able to reach multiple generations. And I would imagine, like, I don't know, I don't have stats on his demographics, but I would imagine that he was somebody that was always able to reach a very young audience. Yeah, I mean, when you look at all of the older cats, like a lot of the older dudes that that I'm around, they love Doom. Like, my, like my man Zest loves Doom, and then you got people younger than me who loves who love Doom, and like I'm 24, and there's people probably in their teens who's just like, "Yo, Doom is crazy." You know what I mean? I remember when Joey Badass first came out, and he was talking so highly of Doom, like this is the guy that he loves. And he he was probably like maybe like 16, 17, you know what I mean? And, and um Doomsday came out in what 2000, 2001. And uh KMD was what early 90s, maybe? Early 90s, yeah. Anybody who was who was into that, then that's a whole nother generation. But like from the early 2000s on, and then when you look at the like the wool, like they're they're, they're people who respected the hell out of Doom and they've worked closely with Doom because of who he is as a person. So it's just generation on generation who looks at Doom as his being. There's not too many, it's not too many groups. I mean, there's not too many artists who's as multi-generational as somebody like Doom. And and that's the thing about him that that makes it that makes him so great is that when when your music can stand the test of time and not and just not age, it's it's something to be said about that because there's certain things that are renowned for being great, but more so being great for its time. But like, like for example, like when you look at like Cool G Rap, when you look at like um four, five, six, like when you look at joints like that, yo, when you look at people like Cool G, it's almost like he could sit in any circle and tear anybody's heads off. You know what I mean? And Doom is another one of those people that he could he could just wrap circles around anybody stylistically. It's like he could have made Mad Villainy today and still would have been one of the greatest albums of all time. I kind of wonder, E, if the like multi generational appeal has something to do with comics and the way he like just routinely integrated comic book, you know, references and and stories into his work. Yeah, I yeah, it could be that. I was thinking about his sound because he has such an alternative sound, and you you know, just imagine like being a fucking teenager. You you wanted you know just kind of going against the grain and rebelling. Like that's that's sort of what I attributed to. And I, I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, something different, you know, people I feel like somebody that's in high school, somebody that's sixteen would gravitate towards that. And yeah, it's I was excited the mask too is like Well yeah, yeah. The mystery of the mask like is its own thing. The the allure of like what is that? Like who is that? I think. Especially now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's like really divisive. It's like, who's this fr- fucking weirdo with a mask? Like, I'm not interested in that. Or it's like, yo, what is going on? I'm I'm really really like intrigued by this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a he's a really polarizing figure, especially when you look at all of the shows that he no shows 
at and had replacements right. for. But um, honestly, it's a combination of things because it, it part of it does have something to do with his sound and would it be an alternative? And a lot of it ha- has to do with the fact that um, I, I forgot what what did you what was the first thing that you said um, the, the comic book style because with him kind of showing that like with the mask being the point of det- um, deterring people from looking at somebody's face or looking at somebody's style and just paying attention to the music, it it forces it forces you to look at his stylistic choices and just everything he decides to do with the art form itself and being the fact that you like. You almost look at it like he is this like this this mystical being, you know what I mean? It's not like you're you're looking at just this cool this cool rap dude, you know what I mean? It's like nah, you're looking at this this figure, you know what I mean? Right. And with his stylistic choices going with like a comic book feel or just his stylistic choices of two verses, no choruses, one long verse, his voice, his his uh, his patterns, all of the all of the little shit that goes into his style. There's so many nuances that makes his sound multi-generational because even what I try to achieve with my music is just like, I don't want to be looked at as, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not tough. I'm not cool. Like, I mean, obviously like I'm I'm not soft. I'm not, I'm not a a dweeb or none of that stuff, but like, I just do me. You know what I mean? I don't want to be put in any kind of box. I just try to do me. And it's and with him doing him and just doing what sounds good to him. That's what's kind of translated, and what was him just so happened to be something that was just so off the wall compared to most other things, and part of it also having to do with part of his goal just being to do things because it was against what the norm was at the time. Yeah. So it's so many little things that go into what makes his his music translate to now. You mentioned this like mystical figure, and as I've like thought about. Uh, I've thought about his career and just his death and like the outpouring of respect and, and, and praise. I've realized that like one of the things that has made his death like hard for me to accept or has been like shocking about it is this is the mystical aspect of his like persona. He's, I, I never once thought about how, how old Doom was. And yeah. the reason for that is the mask. Like, you don't actually see him. He's just like an idea almost as opposed to a person. And the it was just so shocking that this idea now is gone. And he's actually tied to a body, tied to a person that is no longer here. Yeah. And for one, like it, a lot of people don't realize how old he was when he made a lot of these classic albums that, that we love so much. And, and Doom is the biggest example of... Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the Kai interview on um on Red Bull when he's talking about how like um in hip hop like people will be like oh who's this who's this old nigga rapping and all that shit like yeah. he's like why are you this age rapping in jazz you're not official till you're fifty right that's what he said mm-hmm. and when when you look at like the Doom uh on Great Day he said uh Doom was just like what he say it never really matters too much to me that I was that I was still too damn old to MC all that really matters is if your rhymes was ill. He's the biggest example of just looking at it like, yo, I'm just nice. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's just when you look at the age of him, when he made a lot of these classic albums and even 49 is still a young age, you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. just when you look at how long it took his career to get to a certain point, it's just like, you don't think about that at all because of the fact that, like you said, the mask, his style, and then just being this, otherworldly being that we don't look at as a face we look at as just this 
almost like this thought and, and just this, we use our imagination so much. We think of doom that none of us could have imagined something like this. And then the sickest part about it is the fact that he passed on Halloween and we did yeah. not know until new year's Eve. That is insane. That was definitely planned. It, it's crazy to think about. He died on Halloween and in a year where like everybody had to wear a mask. It's just yeah. like poetry, you know, it's a little perfect. eerie. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, I saw I saw um a tweet about that, and it blew my mind. I'm like, I was just like, damn, that's kind of that is very ironic. I know. I remember when um like for the for the first couple of years that like I started to really dive into his discography. See, the internet wasn't really like the internet's been prevalent for a while, but it wasn't up until maybe about like ten to twelve years ago where like you could kind of just surf the internet for anything, and it was just like that where it would just show up. So like for a long time, most people didn't see Doom's face. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't trying to see Doom's face because I just wanted to kind of keep my imagination going for mad long. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like now everybody everybody's seen his face. Most people have seen his face who's looked it up. You know what I mean? And then like you said, now that everybody has to wear masks now, this happened. And it's kind of it's wild. It's wild. It almost makes you think like how's the universe really working? Hmm. Right. Well, rest in peace to Daniel Dumille. MF Doom, Victor Vaughn, King Ghidorah, Vaudeville Villain, Metal Fingers, Metal Face, Legendary MC Producer. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. That shit messed me up, man. Like I had to sit in silence. I had to smoke a blunt and just listen to Mad Villain you start to finish and then try to get my life back together. Literally the last day of a fucked up year. The last <laughs> right. day. I text Bobby and I was just like, rob and i was just like yo i was like yeah. how is this real like it was just fucking insane for real and it's almost like it's almost like he meant to do that like just you know what his his one last thing for y'all before this, this year is out hmm. like i don't want to i don't want to put that on him because i don't know but it's just a weird coincidence how we've had this messed up year and then he has this unfortunate passing and then we just don't know until the the, the day before the year's out and that, that goes that goes way more into his character too. It almost just shows like this is his last move. You know what I mean? When you look at the weird things he's done at shows, when you look at just just his style, some of the weird things he's done on features and, and all of that good shit. Like it's just like this is this is doom. Well, it fits the mystery, right? I mean, it fits the yeah. mystery of the persona that he had crafted. So somewhat fit. Right. It's 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 kind of respectable in a way, because it's just like I don't just the fact that he was able to have his like death known like that you know what i mean it's crazy it's just almost just like he told somebody like i know i'm not going to be around for much longer but don't don't put that out up until this day you know what i mean it's well i think the fact that like nobody talked about it until his family announced it really speaks to the amount of respect that people have yeah because i I can't believe that was kept under wraps for two months Mm -hmm. especially in 2020 where everything is documented instantly yes kind of insane to think about and that, that shows how powerful he is well hooks thanks for joining us and uh spending this time remembering a legend with us and, and talking about your work i really appreciate you sitting down with us thank you thank you for the opportunity you know what i mean like i, I love i love to be able to get, get an interview done and just kind of talk about what i do and why i do it you know what i mean and just trying to spread the message of what i do and just keep pushing on and trying to innovate and become great you know what i mean well i feel like i'm great now but just feel like being known for being great is there anything you want folks to know about go check out waveform fluent i got 
more things coming soon. I got CDs coming out January 18th. I have, yeah, I got CDs dropping January 18th. And then um, I just got more promotion coming soon. I got more projects coming soon. I don't want to throw too much light on what I'm coming out with yet up until everything becomes more uh, formulated. But look out for them CDs. Beautiful, beautiful CDs. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And just keep keep on the lookout. Where can folks uh, go to buy the CDs? Uh, HooksArthur at Bandcamp.com. And once again, uh, January 18th. um, Shipping starts January 18th. But you can pre-order them now. And uh, people can keep up with you on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, IG at HooksArthur. Now, I don't use my Twitter too much, but every now and then I do tune in um, at Mahogany Hooks and um, YouTube at Hooks Arthur. That's where I drop my music videos and I'll have more content coming out soon for that, like um, live production sets and processes and all of that good stuff. Well, this has been The Next Movement. Thanks for tuning in. You can keep up to date with us at The Next Movement Pod on Instagram, Next Movement Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Definitely appreciate it. I'm Rob. I'm E. I'm Hooks. This has been The Next Movement. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Beautifully melanated maniac, loosen the girl top like Mardi Gras, brainiac, Confucius, code of laws, roll with my name attached. My name attached. They took what I saw and never gave it back. They don't wanna brawl, saw his leg in half, rolling road ahead, made him change pads, large bag, never catch me alive. Coppers made a dash. Tip his hat and laugh as the sound that goes past. He evades capture, damage dapper, master of disguise, vernacular wise. He's not live cats, I sever ties, fraudulence never slides, the stats never lies. Dimensional casket laid flat, no surprise, no surprise. I got a backup if the pack don't arrive. Watch them back up if they packed on the rise. Better back up when I'm mad it get thrown aside. Better pack it up, I made this a home of mine. In the ring, niggas getting clotheslined. Weak built niggas trying to show they spine. This game made for children, quick crying. This door's cracked, I slip bodies. Courage, you can't swim by like riptides. Expect the chicken head bitch to switch sides. All bullshit aside, I tend to only operate in my mission's confines. The team form like Voltron, high visions combined. Look, nigga. My rap stats are taxing. Head serpent of my faction. Bed perching demon of the rapture. High velocity raptor tactics spitting.